was cool against my face as we broke free of the oppressive maze of buildings and entered the open parklands. The sense of relief became overwhelmingly physical as I braked and put my feet down on the grass. My body shook and I couldn't help but laugh out loud as I looked around for the others. Unfortunately, the sensation didn't last long as Davo pulled up beside me and pointed into the distance ahead. Moonlight glinted off the still surface of Rymel Park Lake. Between the trees we could see two men dragging a bloated corpse along the ground towards the water. When they reached the edge of the lake, they hurled the body out and it splashed through the mirrored surface. A dull thud rang out from beneath the tree closer to us. A woman dressed in a grey power suit gripped an aluminium laptop in both hands and repeatedly hammered the hard edge of the device into the face of another woman lying on the ground at her feet. Satisfied with her efforts, she tossed the laptop aside, dug both hands into the mess, and smeared fists full of flesh and hair across the trunk of the tree in front of her, like a dog marking its territory. Then something clattered across the footpath close behind us, and my heart jumped. Oi! A hushed voice called out. A few metres away, the others were huddled behind an abandoned delivery truck that had driven up onto the grass. Connor gestured for us to join them. What do you think we should do? He whispered when we crouched beside him. I peered around the back of the truck. A large plume of smoke reached up into the sky from behind some trees, about a block down from us, but I couldn't see any other infected on the footpath or on the street. We can't stay here, Davo mumbled. The footpath looks clear. Let's just fucking fang it towards North Terrace. We can enter the Botanic Gardens from there, get down to the river like we said. I nodded. I still think it's the best option. There's probably infected everywhere. We just have to keep moving. Sadia reached out and examined the wound on my chin. She dug her other hand into a wrap of fabric around her waist and pulled out some alcohol swabs and a square sticking plaster. It must have come from the office first aid kit. Open wound, dangerous, she said. I winced as she dragged the swab across my chin, but she just shook her head and scoffed at me, so I held still until she was done. Thank you, I whispered. Connor shuffled past us with his bike. I'll go first, try and keep up this time. We pushed off as a group again. A short way down the path, we had to cross the road leading into the underground busway. The plume of smoke I had seen was coming from the entrance to the tunnel. Screams echoed out from the depths and I was sure I caught a glimpse of lights moving in there. We picked up pace. The apartments behind the old fruit markets on our left were burning as well, and there was a huge pile-up of cars across the intersection of Rundle Street and East Terrace. A kid, maybe 15 or 16 years old, stumbled towards us from between the vehicles. He reached up and waved. Hey! Hey, stop! He cried out. Connor barely hesitated and kept riding, but Kel skidded to a stop. Connor? 
What the fuck? The kid tried to clamber over the bonnet of a smashed up hatchback blocking the road between us when a pair of bloodied hands smashed through the cracked windscreen and dragged him inside. His screams cut short as a spray of blood covered the windows. Keep moving, mate, Davo whispered. He's gone. The huge cast iron gates at the entrance to the botanic gardens were dancing in the dappled moonlight that passed through the canopy above. The branches, reaching over the pathway beyond, formed a dark tunnel that looked a lot like the entrance to the busway. The sound of the screams within it, still fresh in my ears, sent a shiver down my spine. But we pressed on. Connor shoved the smaller pedestrian gate open with his front wheel and started to move forward when Kel grabbed his arm. Why didn't you stop, Connor? She asked him. He was just a kid. He wouldn't look her in the eye and pulled his arm out of her grip. We have to keep moving, Kel. Shocked at first, and then angry, Kel shoved him. Fine, I'm taking the fucking lead, though. Connor shrugged as she pushed past him and rode her head down the path. A few metres in, the trees blocked out most of the moonlight. Small pools lit up sections of the path like breadcrumbs for us to follow, but visibility was very low. Kel was ahead of the rest of us, standing up on her pedals, letting the slight downward slope of the path propel her forward as she looked ahead. Without warning, a whooping shriek rang out of the bushes to the right of the path. I saw Kel turn to look in the direction of the sound when a hulking figure burst out of the foliage and barreled into her, wrenching her bike out from underneath her and slamming her into the ground. The beast grabbed her as she desperately tried to scramble away, lifting her up a few feet off the ground by her backpack. She twisted her body, pulling her arms out of the straps and tried to crawl away again. It howled and ripped her pack in two, scattering the lanterns and protein bars across the path in front of us before smashing its huge fists down across Kel's back. It looked up at us for a second, a glint of light in its eyes the only thing breaking its dark silhouette and then it bit down hard on Kel's shoulder. She screamed as the beast dragged her in its teeth back into the scrub. We all stood frozen. The branches above us started shaking and cracking as if something heavy was leaping between the trees. The boy strapped in his bike seat started whimpering. A chorus of guttural whooping and howling rang out all around us. Sadia hugged her son tightly. Connor dropped his bike and stumbled forward, crying out into the darkness, Kel! Kel! There was no response. Then something flew out of the scrub and smashed into Sadia and her son, knocking them both to the ground. Sadia lay motionless on the path, but her son started screaming. The projectile lying on the path just inches away from him was Kel's severed head still encased in her helmet. The flesh around her cheeks and eyes started swelling and puffing up as the boy kicked at the head with his feet, trying to push it away. Don't kick it, I cried out. It's gonna burst. But the boy didn't listen. Davo stepped forward, scooped up the head with his shovel and flung it down the path away from us. There was a wet thump as it bounced off something in the shadows, followed by an angry grunt 
snorting sound. Three muscular apes stepped forward into the moonlight on the path in front of us. The one in the centre dragging Kel's face across the asphalt. Their fur ragged with scratches and wounds. The white beards around their mouths stained red. What the fuck is going on? Davo said. Sadia slowly regained consciousness and crawled over to her son. The zoo, I mumbled. They've come from the zoo. Well, fuck me, Davo replied. Connor screamed at them with bestial ferocity. The apes looked confused for a moment and shrunk back a little. He screamed again and stepped towards the feral primates, smashing his fist against his chest. The apes shifted their weight and grunted. Then the one on the left stepped forward and backhanded Connor with a club-like fist attached to the end of its elongated arm, flattening him in an instant as if swatting a fly. All three of them started shrieking, howling and smashing their fists into the ground. Connor groaned and rolled onto his stomach. The helmet had saved his life, but he was wounded. I shuffled forward and tried to help Sadia pick up her bike and her son. Davo raised up his shovel and looked around for a way out. Blood dripped out from under Connor's helmet onto the protein bars and remnants of Kel's bag as he tried to crawl away from the apes. The movement caught their attention. The lantern, Davo called out. Turn on the fucking light. Connor's hand shook as he reached out and grabbed the handle of one of the lanterns. He rolled onto his back and held it up towards the apes like a Templar wielding a crucifix against the citizens of hell. The ape closest to him just snarled and bared its teeth. Then Connor flicked on the lantern. The harsh light bloomed out and cut through the darkness. Connor's arm shook and wobbled as he struggled to hold it up. The spellbound apes followed its every move with an unblinking stare, completely transfixed. He tried to shuffle backwards but didn't have the strength, so Davo stepped up, took the light from him and threw it as hard as he could into the scrub to the right of the path. The apes crashed through the branches and ferns as they chased after it. Davo hooked the other lantern with the handle of his shovel and looked back at us. Gotta go now, guys. I tried to help Connor up, but his legs gave way and he whimpered in agony. Fuck. I dropped my bike and pulled Connor up, throwing his arms and torso over my shoulder. I struggled to stand under his weight and looked back at Sadia. She nodded, grabbed the handlebars of my bike in one hand, hers in the other, and we started moving down the path. The adrenaline gave me a burst of strength, but the dead weight of Connor across my shoulders tired me quickly. My legs burned and my chest ached as we moved deeper into the gardens. On a small grassy hill ahead of us, an impressive glass building rose up into the sky. Over here, Davo called back to us. I dragged myself up the stairs to the ornate entrance of the building and propped Connor up against the glass door. He groaned and more blood oozed out from under the chin guard on his helmet. I'm sorry guys, he whispered between laboured breaths. Just rest man, we can figure this out, I replied. Sadia took her son out of his seat and tried to help Connor. Davo was crouched near the stairs looking out into the gardens. 
I joined him. Anything out there? I whispered. Davo scanned our surroundings again and then shook his head. Nah, can't see shit, he replied and slumped down behind the handrail of the stairs. What do you reckon? He asked me. You can't carry old mate the rest of the way. We'll figure something out. We can't leave him. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. A shrill cough somewhere to our left echoed in the night. We scrambled to the other side of the staircase and looked over the railing. Stumbling out of the tree line next to a large lake was a woman in a long white wedding dress. She wandered out into the open grass, coughing and spitting phlegm onto the ground. Behind her, in amongst the trees, we could see more bodies moving. She picked a shit day for it, didn't she? Davo whispered. I signalled for him to be quiet. Then, from behind us, we heard Sadia shriek, followed shortly by a deafening gunshot and the shattering of glass. Connor still had Sadia's gun in his lifeless hand as we ran back over to them. She nervously grabbed it and shoved it back into her belt. Sorry, Mr. Tom. I... I didn't see him. I didn't say anything. I just held up her bike so she could strap in her son. Branches snapped, shrieks and coughing rang out as every infected soul in a mile radius started moving towards us. Copyright Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved.